It's Friday, December 18th, 2020. I'm Cameron Weir and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. This morning, future footnote Mike Pence received the Pfizer vaccine, saying he felt nothing, which should be concerning to his programmers who thought they had input feelings into his latest update. The apparent Russian cyber hack of multiple government agencies is being called a grave concern for the US. Unfortunately, nothing will be done about this until Russia's other hack is removed from office on January 20th. While we're on the topic of threats to our national security, Acting Defense Secretary Chris Miller has ordered the Pentagon to stop meeting with the Biden transition team. It's all part of Donald Trump's new, if I can't have this country, nobody can strategy. Joe Biden made the historic pick of Representative Deb Haaland as the first Native American Secretary of the Interior. She still has to be approved by the Senate, where some Republicans may have reservations. You get it? Uh, it's a good thing we're going on vacation soon. Outgoing Education Secretary Betsy DeVos urged Department of Education career staffers to be the resistance that does right by students despite orders coming from the White House. Ironically, that's what we've been hoping they do since she was appointed. Jeremy Bullock, who played Boba Fett in the original Star Wars trilogy, has died at age 75. As of now, Disney Plus has not announced plans to reboot him. This morning, HBO Max ordered a second season for his hit new Kaylee Cuoco show, The Flight Attendant, which sadly is more than we can say for actual flight attendants who are increasingly seeing their upcoming season get canceled. Only days after reports about his tirades on set, Tom Cruise has shut down production on the latest Mission Impossible film until after the holidays. Turns out the only impossible mission this production had was dealing with Tom. Speaking of Tom, it was reported today that he may be dating his Mission Impossible 7 co-star Haley Atwell, which would make her Tom's first girlfriend Scientology didn't cast for him. Yesterday, Facebook announced Cardi Tries, a new series in which Cardi B tries different things she's never done before. After watching the trailer, it's clear that uh, using proper grammar is not on the list of things she'll be trying for the first time. Now let's send it over to tonight's Team My Daily Cast and Crew Roundtable. Stay safe. Welcome to another TMI Daily. If you're watching us, there's nothing wrong with your screen. We're just live inside virtual reality. If you're listening to us on the podcast, then nothing is different and ignore all of the VR talk. Let's say hello to everyone watching us in virtual reality or listening to our podcast. Let's start with you, Joe. Hi, everyone listening to us on the Google podcast and in the virtual reality world. Um, here, I'm svelte and handsome. <laughs> Emma. Hey, everybody. How are y'all doing? I love how we're in virtual reality and still sitting around a desk. <laughs> Pete. Oh, God. This, this, is, this is already very scary. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and Chris. You know, I uh, went to see the Oracle, and she told me I was the one. <laughs> okay. So yeah, tonight we we're going to start. We have to actually get um, Elizabeth and Stuart or somewhere or somewhere else right now. So um, so I am going to um, to leave you guys for a second. You just keep just talk while I go get them. <laughs> <laughs> Do we start with just one question? 
Yeah, or not yet. Started, yeah, okay. Okay, so we're going to start tonight's virtual reality show with just one question. On Tuesday, Mitch McConnell finally acknowledged the fact that Joe Biden won the election. My question is, should people be praising Mitch McConnell for finally doing the right thing over 30 days after the election was called for Biden? So just jump in, guys. How do we raise our hands? You can't. So just go ahead and start the conversation. Uh, I'll start. Um, you freaking don't. Uh, the election was over like six weeks ago. Him admitting it now is nothing. It's not worth praising. Like it's just what he's like the basics of what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Don't. I, it's not I, worthy I, of praise. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say that like I low key kind of understand like we can hate like hate on him for, but at the same token, he was also uh, you know so hardcore for Trump. Like I feel like he kind of low key had to do this just to kind of save face. Because politics is all about saving face, so like he kind of had to do this. Cause you know, if like week of Biden being elected, if Mitch McConnell would have been like congratulations, Trump would have had something to say and probably would have tried to screw him over in some later form or fashion. So he probably had to do the thirty day thing just to make you know, just to let him know that he's still loyal, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so this oh go ahead, Emma. I just want I wanna I wanna give Joe a second if he wanted to jump in, but what I'll throw out there is uh Mitch McConnell just won re election himself. He's not up for re election for another several years now. And, um, like, whether or not he's loyal, like, there's a new president. Um, oh, also, the other thing I was going to say is that Trump's hardcore people turned against Mitch McConnell anyway because he admitted it's happening at all. So I don't mm-hmm. think that saving face does anything for him either way because the hardcore Trumpers still hate him. And, and, like, he already has re-election. He didn't need to, like, keep his seat safe or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. John, well, do you mean, want to I add mean, anything? Uh, hardcore Trumpers, hardcore Trumpers have had to get rid of everybody because they now they have to go against the Supreme Court and the Department of Justice, which under Bill Barr was actually you know on their more on their side than others. And and every like hardcore Trumpers are just gone. Like they, they, you can't. There's not enough information you can give them that they still won't believe that this is a, a, a rigged election, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard. So um, mm-hmm. that's it's. I mean, what the heck? I mean, Mitch McConnell should have done this a long time, but there's a ton of things Mitch McConnell should should be doing. Let's talk about all of those of, of the paperwork that's sitting on his desk that he won't put into into the Senate cell. I mean, good lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anybody else want to add anything to this? Okay. So this week, the first U.S. COVID vaccines were administered. My question is. Should Trump get credit for the speed at which the vaccines came out, or would it have happened just as quickly, no matter who was in the White House? Um, who wants to start? I want to say. No, oh, go ahead, Pete. Okay. Uh, just, I'm sorry. I, I just am I'm, I'm going to me because I'm like, so confused at what I'm doing right now. This is uh, this is crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. You know, I, I would give Trump credit to a certain extent. But but then you start to hear like that you know that all these other countries um, got the vaccine just as quickly, uh, if not quicker than us. And then I ask myself, well, how much credit should he then get? I mean, you know, the reality is that I mean he's 
he, he, he didn't do anything that, that probably any other leader would have done, and clearly he didn't do anything that, that leaders in like the UK and Canada did. So I, I don't know, I mean, why he thinks he should get credit for it, other than the fact that he thinks he should get credit for anything he says. I mean, uh, yeah. now, now Pete, Pete, now listen, England may have gotten the vaccine first, but we've got the McRib before they did, so. Give him credit and placate him all the fucking time. That's the annoying part, is like, yeah. he has to get a pat on the back for fucking everything. And I know it's because he's a psycho narcissist, but also, like, let's stop feeding into that. He. He didn't do anything special to get it faster. Warp speed was, like... They were developing it as fast as possible without warp speed, yeah, it, so... it's a no-brainer. Like, doing it as fast as possible isn't an accomplishment. It's a no-brainer. Like, well, of yeah. course you would. No duh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anybody... And then also, uh, Pfizer wasn't part of Project Warp Speed. Like, yeah. they knew that yeah. they could make tons of money doing it, and that's what motivated them. There's nothing that Trump did to make them want to do it faster. Like, that's what was happening anyway. Just like Stuart said, but for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chris, did you want to say something earlier? I thought you were going to say yeah, something. Yeah, yeah I just was going to say, like, uh, I agree with everybody, with everybody saying, like, we shouldn't give him all the praise because that's what he's supposed to do as a president. But also, you got to give him a little praise because, like, you know, that's what a leader's supposed to do is, is get things done. And, you know, he did it so like you know give him a small little pat on the back i'm not saying he should get a fucking nobel peace prize but you know a pat on the back is, is okay a pat on the back for the bare minimum no yeah, yeah. Pat on the back. yeah. he does not yeah. deserve a pat on the back for the patient trophies mm-hmm. okay all right let's move on so speaking of covid according to new data released on wednesday one in 80 people in Los Angeles is now infected with COVID, with LA Health Services saying that there is no end in sight. My question is, if people have the means to leave Los Angeles until the pandemic is under control, should they? Wasn't it bad other places too? Like, are you just on the run from it to the woods? Well, I mean, no, I mean, it's, like, you know, the situation here seems to be so horrible at this point that, I, I mean, you have to ask the question, is this is this a place that people should be if they can get out of here? You know, I mean, that's that's the bigger question. Mm-hmm. But also, okay. like, if you have it and you don't know that you have it, then you're spreading it to other places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I also think, like, it's not that different in other cities. Like, I, don't, I think it's more just, like, we're in a big city. So there's a lot of people in this tight area. I think that's less to do with alcohol and more to do with... Yeah, it's it's ravaging. It's it's destroying Kansas right now. The whole state of Kansas is a a huge mess. And so would you rather go there? I mean, or or like Florida? I mean, would you want to take your chances in Florida? Stewart, um, because (laughs) it's really nuts over there. Um, So, I mean, it's a six, one or the other. I mean, I've... Do you want to go to Seattle? It's just bad there. So, I mean, what are you going to do? I know it's one in 80 sounds bad, but you've got better chances of getting COVID than you do of getting a date here in L.A. with those numbers. <laughs> one in 80 is really bad. I mean, you know, think about this. I mean, it's, it, you're talking about people getting getting sick at a rate of, like, the amount of people that might be in a supermarket. You know, and that's that's crazy. I mean, that's, that's something we, we really cannot, like, 
look at and say, okay, this is this is now normal. I mean, this has gotten to a point where we live in a, a place where it's just so hard to kind of assume that like anybody might not be sick right now. Mm. Okay. Yeah, but it, it's how do you run from it if it if it's bad everywhere else too? Like there's you're you're stuck for the most part. It's okay. clearly impossible to run from. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's a widespread pandemic. So the idea that, you know, you can run away from it is almost ridiculous because it's like trying to get away from air itself because it's an airborne yeah. you know, virus. Yeah. So, I mean, the best thing that you can do is just stay at home and try to be safe and make sure that you're, you know, sanitizing, wearing masks and things of that nature. That's really your best bet. I mean, unless you have a house in New Zealand. That, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you really know where you can go. Yeah, right. You got a timeshare somewhere in another country that's different. That's probably and, the only place you probably can get away from it. And they're strict as hell with, like, you know, if you were to come in, you have to quarantine us. Uh, one of the hosts on one of the shows I work on, he's from Australia. He went to Australia a few months ago. He had to spend two weeks in a hotel, and they only let him outside for, like, 20 minutes of fresh air in a very specific zone, like, to walk around a wow. pool. Like, it was, there were, they were not messing around. So, you know, also for everyone complaining about how hard lockdown is, it could be, you know, being forced to only be outside for 20 minutes at a time. So, mm-hmm. I believe they also have to pick up the cost for that themselves. They do. That is correct. I think they it's do. very expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I think only, like, if you have access to, like, you know, somewhere in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere... You know, that would probably be the only, you know, reason to, to want to leave. Good thing I got that bunker. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, again, this comes down to the same thing that we always talk about when it comes to COVID, that, that if you're wealthy, you can avoid it. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, um, like so many uh, very rich New Yorkers have spent the last eight months out in the Hamptons. Um, yeah. Because, because it's just, it's, it's easier to be out there and avoid all these people that potentially could have it. And so, you know, again, it just kind of shows you just how how um, different the COVID experience is based on your income level. Because, you know, the reality is that everybody on this panel, if we had enough money to go someplace where we where we weren't worrying about, uh, where, we, where we could, you know, in theory, not have to worry about COVID, we'd go there. You know, I mean, nobody wants to be someplace where you're potentially at risk at every moment of the day. Mm-hmm. Anybody else want to add anything? Uh, just a, on a similar point, the fact that uh, the market for private islands has increased dramatically since the beginning of COVID. Uh, talking about people who've got that kind of money, like, yeah, they're just going to go to an island. Although I don't imagine it's so nice now in December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess okay. it depends where your island is. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the Baseball Players Association rejected a plan to decrease the amount of games for 2021 so that the season can start later after all of the players have been vaccinated. My question is, can you realistically see any organized sport in their second COVID seasons not being disrupted by the virus? I think it depends on what the sport is. Like you see a sport like um, like mixed martial arts, like they were the first sport to come back and have regulations and be able to do it safely. And 
you know, there's been cases of fighters and stuff like that having to drop out of fights because they contracted COVID. And once once there's like, even if they're asymptomatic, they're done. Like they can't fight, they can't even be the in arena, and they, either that fight gets canceled or they find a quick replacement if they find out within like a week's time or a two weeks time of of uh, people getting tested. And they're testing them consistently, consistently. So it all depends on the sport because I don't know how. Uh, they're going to regulate it with like basketball, football, stuff like that because uh, there's a whole another can of worms that they have to open up to make sure that their players are safe. I mean, mm-hmm. they're already doing it. Like the, the NFL season's going on, the baseball season happened. Um, I mean, if if the NBA does a bubble again, obviously it'll be a lot safer. If not, then yeah, they're going to be stoppages and cancellations and changes because of COVID. Like that's what's happening. Already, so I don't think it's going to change until the pandemic's over. Mm-hmm. I also oh for sure zero cases three months. So the NBA already announced that they're not going to do a bubble for the whole season because it was also very expensive. Like they only did that for a few teams for the playoffs. Uh, so they're they're going to have some problems because yeah. that's what happens when you don't do a complete bubble. I think the only one that might get away okay is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't follow football that well, but isn't this just the first post-COVID football season? So the second one might be okay? The second one is next, yeah, the second team next September. Yeah. Yeah. The reality of it is that we're we're dealing with with the unknown. I mean, people just don't know what's going to happen. And and if people don't know what's going to happen... You know, there, there's no way to like sit here and say, okay, well, you know, last time we did everything in a bubble, this time we're not sure what we're going to do, you know, or we're definitely not going to do the bubble, and but first we're not going to have fans, and then maybe we'll have fans later. But the reality of it is, nobody knows anything because they don't know how quickly the vaccines are going to be here. They don't have any idea how quickly people will, will get the immunity that they need. I mean, you know, if enough people are going to get it. So the reality of this is, is that. It's it's kind of a fuel thing. I, I mean, I think baseball dropped the dropped the ball, pardon the pun, by not pushing the season back because one one thing they, they did say, what what the hell is that? Um, one I don't thing know. They did, one thing they did say was that was that could you imagine you know all of these teams descending on Arizona and Florida in February to do uh, do their uh, spring training when nobody's been vaccinated yet. How bad is that going to be? Now, if they moved it back to May and did 140 games, 125 games, this could have happened, but this comes down to money now. They only want to do it this way because it's money involved. Well, here's a good question, though. When do we get to do the Olympics? We lost the Olympics last year. Uh, when when, when does it get to be safe again? And then at that point, do we just skip it and go to Paris? And then how do you, like, what do you say to Tokyo that spent all that money to get everything ready? Well, they're still supposed to be the summer. But it's probably going to be a mess, if anything. Yeah, because the Olympics are more involved, obviously, people from all over the world. Right. You know, coming, it's not like a traditional, you know, sport where it's just like a regular season, like a baseball season or whatnot. I mean, the way way things are going here, we'll probably not get invited. (laughs) I think it's pretty likely that Japan sets aside a bunch of their vaccines to uh, vaccinate all of the uh, Olympians and the people on the Olympic staff because it's such a big deal for them to have the games. Like, I, I think it's going to come down to, are we going to give these people special treatment? And I think at the end of the day, they are going to get the vaccine prioritized because they're Olympians. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's the case. Uh, what I'll throw out there is that Japan has been so much better with COVID uh, 
like dealing with it with just management than we have. They've had so many fewer cases and deaths. And so, uh, so long as they're very careful about making sure the Olympians all quarantine and like get tested multiple times before arrival and follow certain protocols while they're there. I, I think that there could be an Olympics. Uh, they'll just have to be very strict about what their regulations are. Just no fans, right? Yeah, probably no fans. Well, I mean, I think other Joe's, than locals. I think Joe's right in the sense that that we may not get invited. I, I mean, that's because because a lot of these other countries might be fine and might be ready to to, to go to the Olympics, but we're clearly not anywhere close to that, and that could be just just a complete embarrassment. Now, would the Olympics happen if the United States aren't there? I don't know. I, I mean, we're the biggest consumers and the biggest um, you know viewing audience for it. But, yeah, I mean, I can see the United States being the reason why the Olympics don't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. us and Russia. I would say Russia, too, probably would not get invited for the same reasons. Well, Russia's already going to be, I think, sanctioned because of the doping stuff. So, well, who knows if... yeah. But... Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, let's move on. On Wednesday... The Hollywood Reporter broke the story that Warner Brothers did not tell any of the directors of their upcoming films they planned to bring all of their twi- that they planned to bring all of their 2021 films to HBO Max simultaneously with their theater releases in fear that the news would leak before they announced it. My question to you is, should Warner Brothers have consulted with its directors before they decided to do this? With HBO Max, um, I want to say yes and no. Like as a professional courtesy, absolutely, because that's you know people got to communicate. That's like how things get messed up. But also, uh, I I would say no on that part because yes, they do hire these directors, they do hire these actors, but ultimately the studio owns the film. You know what I mean? For the most mm-hmm. part, like, yes, there's executive producers and things like that that have a piece in it. But ultimately, these studios run the film. So if they want to put everything on a streaming service and say, fuck you to the rest of, you know, whoever they hired, they kind of can do that. That's just a better way about it than not than being shady and doing it behind their back. Like, at least could, like, send them a, a letter or a fucking post-it note or something on their door or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it affects promotion, too. Like, if a director wants to be involved in the promotion. Some are more, well, you know, likely well, to do a junket or interviews, like like a Christopher Nolan kind of does. Like James Gunn, I know, was mad, and he he's usually willing to do, like, interviews and stuff, and I bet, and people are such a fan of his to begin with that I could see it affecting, like, the promotion of the movie. Um, but, yeah, it's, it definitely should have been, like, a professional courtesy, but as Chris said, you know... The directors don't own the movie at the end of the day. It is owned well, by the studio. Yeah, but they're probably getting yeah. a piece of the box office on the back yeah. end. They and are, that's why they're mad. So that, mm, I mean, that's I, why they're annoyed. And I was just I saying, they probably the don't have the contract that, like, uh, that stars often have, where it's points on the back end that had guaranteed have to be paid, like I was saying. like though That's why, like, Leonardo DiCaprio or someone gets a huge paycheck from Netflix that's making up for the theoretical points on the back end. Well, I think part of the reason is potential legal issues. I mean, if you're releasing it in a different way than you were going to originally when you signed the contract, I imagine there could be legal challenges, and Warner Brothers doesn't mm-hmm. want to get sued, and they also don't want to have to deny it 
any more than they have. So I think part of it is they didn't want to get stopped from doing it. Mm. I'm not um, sure I, I, that's the case um, because I don't think because Warner Brothers owns the film. The filmmaker doesn't own the film. Warner Brothers owns it from the start. They can do whatever they want with it. Uh, well, that's can, why I think personal and, and still not pay the filmmakers. It just depends. They may get some payout. It's I don't. That's the thing is I don't know what directors have like back end deals. Yeah, depends how their back end structure. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's also something in the contract that's like clear about you know if there's an act of God mm-hmm. uh, and like they can't release it in theaters like there's some provision for that because contracts usually have some kind of force majeure or act of God clause so there's something in there we don't know what it is and I'm sure it varies by director but there's definitely mm-hmm. something in there that covers something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to read an online comment from one of our viewers, Michael. Um, he says, that is a BS excuse. How many of those directors know how to keep a secret? Unless you're a Nolan and you hate streaming. So, <laughs> thanks for that, point. Michael. <laughs> okay. In an interview this week, George Lucas said that anyone who criticized the dialogue in his Star Wars prequels doesn't understand the franchise. <laughs> My question is, is George right or is he overcompensating for writing movies with bad dialogue? Why not both? Yeah, <laughs> right. I, mean, I think he's, it's a very factory thing to say. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he. It's notorious. Like he, he's been open about their previous influences from like other, you know, filmmaking genres and stuff. And it's sort of like a sparse, you know, space western, space samurai, you know, thing. The dialogue is not really that important so much as like all the action and fun and excitement. Even though there are very memorable lines of dialogue throughout the first three anyway. It's the prequels where it went to hell, but that's because there were other writers involved in the original series, am I correct? Star Wars? That is correct. Thank you. Yeah, it's other people who were writing those first original ones. That's why there's memorable lines in those and not the prequels. I mean, it's also like... It, it feels a lot like a, to, to people going, "Oh, you can't get these toxic fanboys, Star, Star Wars fanboys, any more riled up." And George Lucas was just like, "Wait, hold my beer." Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say that in the original trilogy, there are some like some of the cheesy, like some of the dialogue is cheesy, but like we yeah. love it anyway. Like "I yeah. love you, I know" is cheesy, but we love it anyway. Yeah, but th- he didn't write that. That was actually done on the fly. Uh, that was never even in the script. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's when it became so, classic. Thanks, Harrison Ford. <laughs> but then you get. This. I have the high ground. See, I think that, that um, you know the reality of it is what he's saying is not untrue because the dialogue sucked even in the first three movies. Yeah, I mean, there, it's it's wooden dialogue written by a mm-hmm. science fiction nerd um, who, who didn't know. Like, like how to how to really write dialogue. I think the what? reality of this is is that when people say that oh, you know, the prequels weren't any good because the, the dialogue was bad, they really weren't paying attention to the first three movies. Now, you know, you could also say that he's overcompensating, which I don't disagree with. But at the same time, it just yeah, if you watch those first three movies, a lot of that dialogue is just as wooden as anything in the first in the first uh, three prequels. The prequels, I'm sorry. Well, what? I mean, no! I don't know. I only hope. I don't know if, if, if uh, 
I, I mean, I can't say, I mean, any kind of uh, genre like that where you're having, like, sci-fi or stuff like that, it's always kind of a little bit hokey. I mean, Battlestar Galactica is mm-hmm. a great show, but it's still kind of cheesy. Also, as long as George Lucas doesn't write any more characters that are, like, Jar Jar Binks, I'm going to give him a pass because that <laughs> dialogue and that character, woo, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, fan- fantasy stuff can have trite dialogue, too. Like, I... I made my family laugh super hard when The Witcher premiered uh, last year. Before anyone even said it, we were kind of laughing at the first scene, and he walks into the pub, and I just said, we don't want no witchers here! And, like, literally, that was the first line of dialogue. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, these are, are like, predict- in a lot of ways, predictable, you know, followable stories, templates. It's how you dress them up that makes them fun. Anybody yeah. else? Go ahead, Pete. No, I'm just, I'm just saying that you know, it, it's if you like the movies, you're going to ignore the stuff that that bothered you about them. If you didn't like the movies, you're going to find a reason not to like the stuff that, that, yeah. that bothered you. I, I mean, clearly there was a lot in the prequels that some of the uh, the, the people that, that that went to see those movies that loved Star Wars just did not like about them. You know, I mean, the, the one thing that you have to say about Star Wars fans is that they do have incredibly strong opinions. And so, you know, it's very easy to say that you could whitewash everything that happened in, you know, in the, the original trilogy and say, okay, well, you know what? The movies are great, so anything that we might not have liked about it, we'll just kind of ignore. Um, but there was, geez, I mean, like, people hated the Ewoks. Um, and then, of course, he, you know, George Lucas excised them once, you, uh, once he did his first of the 3,000 cuts of the films that he did. But, uh you know, there was a lot of things that people didn't like, but because they liked the, the original trilogy, they're just going to kind of overlook those versus the the, the uh, prequel movies. And then, of course, with the, the sequels, uh, you know, with, with the way that they've kind of tortured, uh, you know, J.J. Uh, Abrams, you know, uh, you know. Ryan Johnson is who they oh, Ryan Johnson too, torture. Yeah, but that's but that's beside the point. I mean, you're, you're talking about like, you know, uh, that was a good like, movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. It just wasn't a good Star Wars movie. That's the problem. People didn't like it because it wasn't a quote-unquote Star Wars movie. They're just mad because it implied anybody could be a Jedi, and that made a lot of people upset. Yeah. It also doesn't hurt that uh, they're saying that about the film that has the female director, but that's okay. Um, The other thing I'll throw out there is that the original question for this was uh, um, about, like, was was the dialogue good or not? And is George Lucas right? And we've all agreed that the dialogue is terrible. And we all still love it. And I think if there's any group of people who knows Star Wars, I think that we're a pretty good group of people to know that. Uh, and he can suck it, is what I'm going for here. <laughs> so, that, so that does ask the question, though, is George Lucas right then? I mean, if, he's, if, if, if he said... You know, if you're saying you didn't uh, you didn't like the dialogue, you you really don't know the uh, the franchise. And, I mean, and I, I think he's being truthful because the franchise is just known for having bad dialogue. I mean, you know, it's like if somebody said that uh, that William Shakespeare uh, wrote wrote uh, incredibly beautiful dialogue for you know in in, in, in its Elizabethan manner. Um, you know, and then somebody else said, I don't know, some of it wasn't all that good. Then you really don't know his franchise. It's just, it's, it's just, there's a, you know, you, you really, if you watch Star Wars movie, you're not watching them because you're looking for the most realistic portrayals of human beings. Are you telling me Star Wars is not a documentary? <laughs> I don't think it is. 
Okay. So this week it was announced that the 80s sitcom Night Court is getting a new TV sequel series on NBC. While plans to reboot Lizzie McGuire on Disney Plus have been canceled. With that in mind, we thought that we would ask each of our panelists to name one show they hope gets a reboot and one they hope does not. So who wants to start? I'll start. Okay, Chris, let's start with you. Let me uh, let me turn around and face you, okay? <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's so funny. Every time you laugh, your, your character's mouth moves, and it's, like, kind of creepy, but also hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God! I'm freaking out. Okay, so, actually, a show I kind of want to see, like, I would love to see a new spin on, and it's, like, a, I think it's one of those underrated shows that people watch. It was popular, but, like, forgot about. And I want to see, uh, it's a Disney show called uh, The Famous Jet Jackson. I love that show. It was super fun. The character was cool. And I think they're like, you know, they can pull some young kid back into it and, and do like a reboot. Because like, you know, the show uh, only got canceled because the guy who was the main actor uh, committed suicide. So I think it would be cool to see that show come back and like kind of, re- you know, do that character and that actor justice by doing another reboot and making it good for that matter. Mhm. Okay. Um Elizabeth, do you have something I'm cuz I'm facing no. your way now? <laughs> yeah, no, not one that I necessarily want rebooted. I think uh, so many are like um of their time, they they ran their course. There are ones that are cut were cut short that I want more of. And probably the biggest one that I can think of off the top of my head with that is um Pushing Daisies. Cuz that got mm. Killed oh, by the writer's strike, and it was so wonderful and fantastical and sweet and interesting and fun. Um, so that's what I'd want more of, but I wouldn't necessarily want to reboot it because I liked the cast they had. Um, and as far as what I never want to reboot, um, probably any like 70s sitcom from like All in the Family or even like Mary Tyler Moore. I want these like kind of time capsule to exist as they exist. I feel like the story you tell with them would be so different now that you not tarnish or diminish what happened, but I think, I don't want what came before to be forgotten because, oh, they redid Uh that show later. Yeah. And just kind of obscure the memory of it, I guess. Okay. Um, Anybody else wants to go next? I'll go. Okay, Pete. You're so far away, Stephanie. So, so, what? You, you sound, sound so, so far, far away. away. I sound far away? Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. Now do I sound better? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Because that's what happens when I walk move away from my mic. Um, oh. <laughs> well, you know, it, it kind of sucks because the show that I would hope would never get rebooted is already in production, which is Wonder Years. I mean, it just, it makes me mm. furious that they're doing a remake of it. I mean, even if it's for the best of intentions and even if they have a whole different perspective on it, you could have made any show 
um, you know, about, you know, the late 60s, 50s, 60s, whatever you want to want to say, or the early 70s, and not made it the Wonder Years. I, I mean, I, I understand it's going to be about a black family in, I think, Montgomery, Alabama, which, again, could be a perfectly good show on its own. But why does it have to be in the, you know, in the mold of Wonder Years? It's um, that's brand recognition. We've argued about this. I know we did, but but we never argued about it in virtual reality. So goddamn it! Ah, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> okay. Um, and as far as a show that I would I would like to see rebooted, um, you know what? I, I mean, as weird as this might sound, I think Miami Vice would be great for this this time because you know I think that the the world has changed so much that there's like a whole nother. Uh, you know, like Underworld of Vice that could, could actually be a really cool show. And if they kind of stuck to the grittiness of the original show and added the music and everything else, I think that'd be a pretty cool show to see, uh, to see a new version of. Because as much as the, the, uh, the original show is good, it's kind of dated now because of when it took place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, who else wants to jump in? So um, I was recently reminded of this old, like, I think it was a Nickelodeon show called Ned's Declassified School Survival oh, Guide. Yeah. Uh, right? And I feel oh, like yeah. if we did that but for, like, adulthood, I guess it would be more of a school show than, like, a reboot. But, like, just someone giving tips for being in your 20s, I think would be delightful. Um, as for the show I would not want to see rebooted, uh, this is controversial, but uh, I think that Firefly was a tragedy, but it also had its time. I don't think you could make it as good as the cutoff first season was, and I don't want that beautiful tragedy to be tarnished by doing it badly. Oops. <laughs> and yeah, it's like too late, you know. No, Disney Disney Plus, I think, has already said that they were going to be uh, trying to do that. <laughs> no, they didn't. Yes, no, Disney yes, no. I, I I read it on ComicBook.com, so. It's usually usually Wait, their sources are pretty no, good. It, are they repeatable? I question that. They announced it already. They're definitely doing it. It's, it's yeah, fire fire. Like okay, yeah. shows that they're they're doing. Listen, yeah. if you're going to create a hundred new shows, Peter, like any of the original cast, I don't know. I, I doubt. You got to put a baby Nathan Fillion in there now. <laughs> that's Zac Efron. Oh wait, no, that's a different character. That was <laughs> I lied. Although no, I just make him feel confident in that too. Okay, anybody else? Um, I second Emma's idea. I second Emma's idea. That's a great idea. That's declassified adulthood survival guide. Right. Um, Okay, so I kind of, I don't know if I'd call this a reboot so much because I'd want to have Aaron Sorkin as a part of it, but I would love to see them do a West Wing, but like have like a Trumpian president, and just like I would think that that would be a crazy show to watch. Didn't we we already have that show? Show? <laughs> We already lived through it. I'm not watching that. No, shit. but I mean, like, like I want to see, and we, like, and we, and we purposely didn't renew it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it'll be sort of like the Studio 60 of uh, of White House shows. Um, the the show that you can't reboot is for me is Mash. I just don't think that you could ever try and, and get the the magic of that show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, I think for me, like, I think Elizabeth mentioned it earlier, too, is, you know, how much I love my classic sitcoms. And I think none of those should ever be rebooted. And in terms of, like, reboots, I think more of, like, continuations as well, like Elizabeth was saying earlier. Um, Parenthood. I'd love to see Parenthood. Um, you know, where they are now. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what I'd want to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, in the past few weeks... We have done segments about Christmas and Hanukkah. So tonight we thought that we would do something in honor of Kwanzaa called, What Does Chris Know About Kwanzaa? <laughs> the way this is going to work is that we have 10 Kwanzaa questions. Each person starts with 100 points. We will ask Chris each question and then bet on whether we think he'll get it correct. If you are right, you get the amount of points you wagered. If you're wrong, you lose a point. One more thing. If you correctly say that Chris won't know an answer, you can earn an extra 10 points by correctly answering the question yourself. So here goes. Pete, take start, it away. I just want to say, oh, God. Before we start, I just want to say, I always bet on black. That's all I'm going to say. So is it whoever has the most points at the end wins? Well, it wasn't going to work if we made Stuart the, the, the person in this. <laughs> so if we, do I mean, a, if we do a Passenger 57 reboot, Chris, I want Chris to be starring that. There we go. I was right over there. Okay, so, so again, so everybody's starting with 100 points, like we've done with all the other games. Um, and what's going to happen is I'm actually going to ask the question first. And then you're all going to bet on on um, how on whether or not Chris will answer. Now, Chris, don't give it away on on whether or not you actually think you might uh, might have any you know idea what the answer is. I would say don't make any facial expressions, but we already know that's not going to happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would just be weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, so I'm going to ask the question, then you'll bet. Now, if if you bet that he won't get it correct. You can get an extra an extra ten points by actually answering the question correctly. So so that's the way you'll run up points. So so Veronica can't just be betting one point and, and possibly. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> okay. So the first question for you, Chris, is the holiday of Kwanzaa was introduced in one in what year? Was it 1948, 1966, 1971, or 1982? So let's uh, let's go over to uh, to Joe first and ask Joe. Joe, how much do you want to bet that Chris will? You know, personally, what do you, do you think Chris will know it or not know it? Well, see, this is a little tough because we can't see if he's like checking on his phone right now. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm not. I've got to be honest. i got to be honest. Um, uh, uh, see, I, I think I know this one, so it's a little weird. Uh, but I'm going to bet 50 that he does know it. So you're going to bet 50 that he does know it. Okay, so, um, Emma, how about you? Um, how many points would you like to bet that Chris will either know it or not know it? Um... I'm going to say 15, that he, no, I'm going to say 10, that he will. 10, that he will. Okay. Stuart? I'm sorry, Chris. I'm going to bet 80, that you don't. Whoa. Oh, God. So you're, 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 taking, you're taking a big chunk of your, uh, your points there. Okay, so 80 points, no, for Stuart. Um, Veronica, 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet ten points that Chris does know it. Okay, so ten points that he does know it from Veronica. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and let's go over to uh, let's go over to um, Elizabeth. Um, I'll say uh, fifty that he does. Fifty, you said? Yeah, five zero. Okay, so fifty. So okay, Chris, it's your turn now. Tell us. I got your back. Was the the holiday of Kwanzaa was it introduced in 1948, 1966, 1971, or 1982? Uh, fuck! I'm trying to go back to my history books. Well, I know it was something that happened after the Watts riots, so. Uh, I, I want to say 1966. Is that your final answer? Yes. Oh, oh guess what, Chris? You're right. So, so, <laughs> so, so that means that Joe now has 150 points. That means that Emma has 115 points. Um, it means Stuart only has 20 points. Uh, Veronica has 110. And Elizabeth has 150. Okay, so um, that was our first question. Now let's go to our second question. Here's the question, and, and forgive me ahead of time for the, the pronunciations of these names. Who started Kwanzaa? Was it Saeed Barghesh? Saeed Barghesh? Malana? Mal, no, sorry. Saeed Barghesh Malana Karenga? Robert Chrisman or Maisie Woodford? So let's ask uh, let's ask Veronica first this time. What do you think, Veronica? How many um, I'm going to bet fifty points that he does not know it. Okay, so you're fifty that he does not know it. Okay. Or at least he won't so, be able to pronounce it. So Okay. So let's go over to Elizabeth. Elizabeth, what do you think? Sorry, I took a bite of food. Um 20 points that he does know it. 20 that he does know it. Okay. Um, let's let's ask um, Phil. Uh, sorry, Phil. Sorry, Stuart. How dare you? Um, I'm going to go with 20 that he does know it. So Stuart says 20. Oh, wait, Stuart. I forgot to tell you. You're down to 20 points. So you're down, you'll be down to zero if, yeah, if no. you get this wrong. So I, that I you're saying 20 that he does know it? Correct. Okay, so Stuart says 20 that he does know. You know, Stuart, by the way, you don't have to hold that mic. You could just drop it. We could hear you without it. I don't know how to drop it. (laughs) (laughs) This is virtual reality. It's not actual reality. Oh, cool. (laughs) I just picked it up because I felt cool. Not because it does anything. <laughs> so, so don't, don't have your avatar look so sad now. It's okay. It's okay, Stuart. <laughs> oh, from the table. You're off the <laughs> Emma, you have 115 points. What do you say? Oh, bust the bust. <laughs> I'm going to go in the corner it's... for a little bit. Oh, poor BB. <laughs> um, I'm going to bet on Black, sir. I will say 25 that he does. 
So 25 that he does. Okay. Come on, baby. And that leaves us with Joe. Joe, what are you saying? Um, I'm going to say, oh, first of all, Elizabeth, grab that mic just because she's stand-up, so that's just her thing. Um, yep. Just have it. Instinct. Um, instinct. I'm going to bet 50 points that he does not know it. Oh, shit. Wow. I feel bad, Chris. A lot of people don't think you're going to know this. What listen, uh, listen, I I understand. I get it. <laughs> okay, so, so I'm I think we're betting on the fact that he can't pronounce it. I think that's what's misleading. <laughs> yeah. You should have bet on me not being able to pronounce it. So, oh, okay, so I'm going to give you the names again one more time. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. The, the names are Saeed Bargash, Melana, Mal, uh, yeah, Melana Karenga, Robert Chrisman, or Maisie Woodford. Uh, I like the sound of this name, so I'm gonna just guess it. I'm gonna say Karenga. Is that your final answer? Maybe yes. Yes. <laughs> you gotta say yes. It is. Yes. Okay. Well, guess what? You're two for two. <laughs> Joe, I, I really do think he's actually looking at this film. I, dude, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Look, look. I'm trying to like go back into my fourth grade memory banks because like we had to learn this every year. At least like white teachers pretended to try to teach it to us every year. <laughs> okay, so that but my white teachers were teaching. <laughs> right. That means that um. That Joe, you uh, you bet fifty points that he was gonna not know it, right? Yes. So you're back down to a hundred. Um, Emma, you bet fifteen points that he would. I'm um, twenty five points that he would know it. So you're up to one forty now. You you got back in the game because you bet twenty all twenty of your points that he would know it. And you're now at 40 points, so welcome back. Uh, Veronica, you bet 50 points. The first time I think you've ever gone big on a bet, you bet 50 points, and you said he wasn't going to know it. And so you are down. I'm sorry to tell you, back down to, um, you're down to 90, what are you down to? Um, 70, 60 points. 60 points, yeah. 60 points for Veronica. It's okay, Chris. And Elizabeth... Elizabeth, you bet 20 points that he was going to get it right, so you are now leading at 170. Okay, so... We've got to stick together. Yeah, baby. Okay. (laughs) So here's our third question. Our third question. Um, This question is... Chris, how many days are are there in the Kwanzaa holiday? Is it seven, eight, nine, or ten days? So uh, let's go to Stuart first. Stuart... Is, um, is 40 that he knows the answer. What's again? He's going to know it. I'll bet, I'll bet 40. Okay, so you're betting all your points that he's going to know it. Okay. Um, Emma, what do you think? Uh, I I mean, listen, he should know it because I'm pretty sure I know it. So let's say 70 that he will. 70 from Emma. Okay, you're going for it. Okay. <laughs> um, if you get this incorrect, you will be splitting your points in half. Joseph, Joseph, what do you think? I'm going to say 50 that he will know. 50 that he will know. Okay, so 50 on a yes. 
Okay, and that leaves us with the ladies. So, Veronica, what are you saying? I'm going to bet it all that he knows it. Oh, my God. So bet it better. all. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. Okay, so, yep. So that means you're betting all 60 points on it. Well, Chris, now you got to, uh, you're really going to have a, a thing here. Now, I mean, Elizabeth, you're in the lead. So, uh, what do you think? I'm going to go 100 that he knows. Oh, 100 shit. points that he knows. Don't do this okay. to me, partner. Don't do this to me, partner. I'm well, just know it. <laughs> just, just know I mean, it. I mean, I know this. I'll see when Chris knows this. So, okay, so Chris. Say, like, Chris, a whole bunch of the white people know it. You should know it. I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, us white avatars all know. <laughs> hey, no so pressure, Chris, guys. No pressure. Yes. Oh, no, no pressure. Okay, so how many days are there in, Qu- in the Kwanzaa holidays? Seven, eight, or nine, or ten days? Um, okay, let me make sure I do my math right in my head. Because <laughs> I, I know what days are celebrated, but I can't, I gotta do the math. It's, uh, seven. Is that your final answer? Uh, yes, because it's the 26th through the 1st of January. 26th of December through the 1st of January. Well, Chris... You're right again. Hey! Thank, Thank you, Chris. Thank I like you. How, I know. Am I bet bet seventy? So so wow, that that's a little cool there. That's very. Oh, I was wrong. I thought it was nine. No, it's seven days. I don't know that's why. Just, yeah, it's twenty. It's well, a see, so I guess all the white people weren't right. Okay, so <laughs> that means that means that Joe, you just jumped up to one hundred and fifty points. Because you got it correct. Emma, you jumped to 210 points. Goddamn because you right got I it did. correct. <laughs> um, Veronica, you doubled your points. So you're at 120 now. I sure did. Thanks, Chris. And, and Elizabeth has, has taken a commanding lead at 270 because she Whoa. got 100 points. So, and, and I'm um, Katie, but I'm black. And Stuart, I'm sorry, Stuart, I forgot about you. So you you actually um, you doubled your points too. So yeah, you're at eighty points now, Stuart. Okay. So here's our next question. Our next question is: Much like Hanukkah candles are lit for each night of Kwanzaa, the three colors of the candles used are red, white, and green. Green, black, and yellow. Red, black, and green. Or red, black, and white. Chris. That's that's your your question. So let's ask uh-huh. Veronica. How many points you want to bet that Chris know what the three colors of the uh, candles are? Well, this is a very interesting question, and I'm going to okay. tell you why. Um, this seems like something that he should know. Um, I'm not very religious, but I know the candles of our Advent wreath and what they represent, and I don't have to be like know all about, you know, Catholicism. So I'm going to bet 50 points that he knows it. So you're going to bet 50 points that he does know this. Okay, so let's go over to Emma. Emma, how many points do you want to bet that he, you know, firstly, what do you what do you think he's going to do? You think he's going to know it or not? I think he's going to know it, and I think I, I feel very confident in that because this is another one where I know it, and I don't know a lot about Kwanzaa, so... You should know it. Uh, so I'm going to bet 110 points. 110 points? Forever. Don't let me down, Christopher. 
Okay. Uh, Joe, how many points? Uh, firstly, I'm, is he going to know it or not know it? I'm going to bet he's going to know this too. I know this because I, when I visited South Africa, and I know that these particular colors are really uh, special, especially in that continent. So I'm going to say 125 points that he knows it. 125? Jeez, Joe, you are really going for it tonight. 125 on a yes. Okay, Stuart, what are we I'm going to bet everything that he knows it. You're betting all 80 of your points that he's going to know it. Okay, yeah. so... And that leaves us with the lovely and talented Avatar, Elizabeth. 150, he knows it. 150, he knows Wow, you really are... Putting pressure on, on Chris right now. <laughs> okay, so Chris, this is a big moment because there's a lot of people putting a lot of points on this. Uh-huh. Uh, what are the three colors of the uh, of the candles for Kwanzaa? Is it red, white, and green? Green, black, and yellow? Red, black, and green? Or red, black, and white? Um, well, I, uh, I know it's... Kwanzaa is based on like northern and southern uh, tribal traditions, so I'm trying to remember flags. Uh, I believe it's red, green, and black. You're, okay, so your answer is red, green, and black. Is that your final yeah. answer? Yeah, and I believe it's set. Is is it seven? Yeah, seven. It's candle for every day, so it's yeah, it's green, green, red, black. Okay, well, you are correct again. Oh, come on. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had the air horn in, oh in uh, virtual reality. <laughs> so, so with that, with that correct answer, that means that Joe, you bet 125 points and on, that means that you just raised your points to 275. Thank you. For Joe, okay. That means that Emma went from two ten to, and she bet one hundred and ten points. One hundred and ten, you said, yeah, one hundred and ten points. Okay. So that means you are now at three twenty, Emma. Okay, Veronica bet fifty points, um, and she was right, uh, and so she's at one seventy. Elizabeth went. For, with 150 points, you are just running away with this right now because, Elizabeth, that means that you've got, oh, gosh, uh, you got 420 points right now. Wait, wait. Nice. Wasn't I at 270? You were at 270 and you bet one, uh, 150, 150. So, um, I can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get five points, Elizabeth. <laughs> I'm an idiot, sir. And, and, and Stuart, you, you, you still stayed in the game because you bet you bet all your points and you doubled them so so you're back in this baby okay so so we're going on to our next question right now um let me let me get the camera over to me <laughs> i gotta start so learning to look it. at the camera okay i'm looking at the camera okay so here's our fifth question um chris the candle holder used during the kwanzaa celebration oh. is called the Kanara, the African, uh, let me start over. The candle holder used during the Kwanzaa celebration is called the Kanara, the African candelabra, the black menorah, or the Tikal. Okay, so uh, why, don't we ask, 
why don't we ask Stuart? Stuart, what do you think? Um, how many? Do you think he's going to know this? Well, I'm going to bet 150 that he's not. So 150, you said? Yeah. Okay, so 150 on no. Um, Veronica, what do you think? Um, I'm going to bet. How many points do I have? You 120? have um, 170. 170. I'm going to bet 70 points that he doesn't know it. Wow. Okay. Now we're we're starting to see a little division in the uh, in the whole point thing because uh, <laughs> now they think you're not going to know this. Chris, it's terrible. I mean, Elizabeth, that's a good point. Elizabeth, um, how, how are we looking here? What do you think? Fifty that he does. Oh, look, that's sweet. Elizabeth has faith in you still, but then again, she I also has four hundred twenty points. Yeah, she can take a fly. So on she, yeah, yeah, <laughs> she, she can, can really take a fly. It's on. a shame you can't see me casually. Like listening, but also fucking around on my phone while I gamble away all my points. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's Emma, what do you think? Is he going to know it? And how many points you want to bet on it? Um, I'm at 320 points, right? You are at 320. Um, so because it's multiple choice, I think that the right answer will ring a bell. So I'm going to say uh, 120 that he does. 120 that he does. Okay, and that means that we're going to go over to Joe now. Joseph, what do you think? So, like, um, I know the answer to this, but if Chris learned it in school, I think this is going to be one that's going to pop up right away in the memory because it's, it's, it's a pretty solid one. So I'm going to bet 175 that he does know it. Yeah. 175 that he does know it. Okay, so Chris, it's your big moment. Um yeah. The uh, the candle holder used during the Kwanzaa celebration, is it called the Kanara, the African candelabra, the black menorah, or the Takal? Um, fuck. I, I, fuck. I wish, I wish that I was confident in this. I'm sorry for those who bet for me. <laughs> uh, I think it's the, is it Kanara? That, that is one of the choices. Is that the one you want to go with? I, I feel like that's it because of the festival that's at the end that's celebrated in Kwanzaa. So I'm just going to go with K because K sounds good. So, uh, yes, I'm going to go with Kanara. Okay, so guess what, Chris? You are still correct. You have not Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Way to go, Chris. What so, okay, what, Joe, I'm sorry. I, I forgot to write down. What did you bet again? 175. 175 that he was going to get it right, right? Yeah. So that means that you now have uh, 450. Okay. 450 for Joe. Oh, I know the next one. Uh, sure this is really sweating out my, my, my math skills. Um, Emma, you said that he was going to say yes, and you bet 120. You are now at 440. Hell yeah. This is really turning into some exciting game. Um, Stuart, Stuart, my friend, you are out uh, because you've got no, all your, no, you have 10 points. You're right. Stuart is down to 10 points. Smart move, Stu. You didn't, you didn't give away everything. That's smart. Okay. And that means that, uh, we're going over to Veronica. Veronica, right now, you said no. 
You said he would not know the right uh, the right answer, and I did you say are that. incorrect. So that means we've just dropped you down to fifty points, Veronica. This All is, right. Uh, Don't feel bad, Veronica. This is Veronica. not your usual I, I, I skills. Feel bad in my ass. Oh, and that's then, okay. Uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, she bets fifty that he was going to know the answer, and so she is still at a very commanding four hundred and seventy point lead. Man. Okay, so we're moving on to the next question right now. um, Joe's catching up with me. Where's Joe at right now? I'm at 450. Joe is at 450. And Emma's right behind me. He is right behind you. So, okay, so we're moving on to uh, our next question, which is the um, the great feast. This is a good one. This is a really good one. The Great Feast of Kwanzaa held on December 31st is called the Karimu, the Zawadi, the Hajambo, or the Kutu, Kut, oh God, Kutumia. The, so let me give them this again. It's the Karamu, the Zawadi, the Hajambo, or the Kutumia. So that would be the big feast on the 31st of December. So, Stuart, let's go to you first. What do you want to bet? Yeah, I'm going to bet 10 that he knows the answer. That he does. Okay. So, 10 on yes. Let's go over to Joe. Joe, what do you think? I'm going to say uh, 250 that he does. 250? That's a big number that he does know it. Okay. Um, Emma, what do you think? I have yet to go wrong betting on Chris, but... That's a that's a hard one. Uh, I love you, Chris, but I'm not sure I'm quite as confident. So I'm going to say forty that you do. Forty that he does. Okay. So let's uh, let's ask Veronica the same question. Veronica, what do you think? Um, I'm going to bet ten points that he does know it. Ten, yes. Okay, and then Elizabeth. Um, how many points you want to bet? Three hundred that he does. Three hundred that he does know it. So uh, this is uh, this could be an interesting one. So Chris, let's let me uh, let me ask you the question again so that we can uh, so that we get it right, and I can also see how many ways I can bet, you know uh, butcher Swahili. Um, the great feast of Kwanzaa held on December 31st. And by the way, anybody of Swahili background, I apologize in advance. Uh, the great feast of the Kwanzaa of Kwanzaa is held on December 1st, 31st. It's called Karamu, Zawadi, Hujambo, or Kutumia. What do you think, Chris? Uh, oh, I know. It's actually, it's, uh, uh, ah, I can't say it. Karamu. Is that your final answer? That's the end, right? Yeah, Karamu is celebrated at the end. Okay, well, guess what, Chris? You got it right. Boom! <laughs> Jesus, this is this is turning into a into a good game for you, Chris. This is so much Listen. better than the uh, the uh, Broadway game. That <laughs> <laughs> was clearly not, yeah. not your forte. Well, obviously, the answer to this is we need to do Kwanzaa the musical. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's different. That's different. Hold on. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm not ready for that. Okay, so Joe, you bet 250 points. So you are now at, at oh, God, 700 points. Okay. 
Emma, you bet 40 points, and that means that you are now at 480. And wait, I'm sorry, yeah, 480. Yeah, 480 is right. 480. Um, Stuart, you bet 10 points, and so you're at 20 points now. Uh, Veronica, you bet 10 points as well, so you're at 60. Yes. And Elizabeth, I mean, the game's pretty much over because Elizabeth bet 300 points and then puts her at 770. I mean, we're, we're really down to... It's not over. And, She's, and I'm only 70 Joe, points behind her. her. Joe. Keep the faith, brother. I'm, yes. I'm just trying to beat Veronica. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Stuart. <laughs> okay, so, so here's a good question, a fun question. Which 1980s song features lyrics about the major feast of Karamu? Is it Happy Birthday by Stevie Wonder? Wanna Be Starting Something by Michael Jackson? All Night Long by Lionel Richie? Or How Long by Lady ba- Blackman Bazu? So uh, let me read that one more time. Which 1980s song features lyrics about the major feast Karamu? Is it Happy Birthday by Stevie Wonder? Want to be starting something by Michael Jackson, All Night Long by Lionel Richie, or How Long by Lady Black Mombasa. I just realized I, I, that I'm starting to do the Casey Kasem delivery of songs because I said, Want to be starting something by Michael Jackson. That was so Casey Kasem. You know, starting something by Michael Jackson. I just caught myself doing that. So, we listen to too much Casey Kasem in the car, Pete. Yeah, I listen to way too hey, much Casey Kasem in the car. Those damn old shows. <laughs> So, Elizabeth, let's go to you first. What do you think? Um, What's my total? 770? You have 770. Um, uh, you know what? Uh, feeling ballsy. Let's bet the pot. Let's do the whole thing. <gasps> You're betting it all? Yeah. On, on what? Wait, On the on. fact that um, he knows oh, which no. 80s... Okay. Oh, no. References. Don't help, don't help, Chris. You're not supposed to have any reaction. I'm sending you psychic messages. Okay. Receive so, them, So, what do we think here? You've got, well, you've got 20 points. How many questions are left? There are three more after this. Alright, I'll bet 20 that he knows. Actually, there's going to be two questions because he already answered one of the questions by saying something before. So, 20 that he does know. Yeah, because you answered what day Kwanzaa starts on, so it's no point in me giving that question again. So, okay, so, um, Emma, right. what are you thinking? Um, I've got 480, right? You've got four, you've got, no, I'm sorry, um, 480, yes. I have 180 that he does. How many? 180. 180 that he does know this. Joe, what do you feel in this one? Um, I'm going to go 400 that he does. 400 that he does. Well, we're really getting into this now. Okay, and that brings us to Veronica. Veronica, how many points do you want to bet, and what do you think? How many points does Stuart have? <laughs> Stuart has 20 points, 20. and he just bet it all. Okay, he just bet it all. And how many do I have? You have 60. I'm betting it all that Chris knows it. Okay, so 60 on Chris knowing it. So that means that uh, it's time, Chris, for you to answer this question. Should I read it one more time for you? Yes, we have that confident. 
No, no, no. I, 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 I'm not. <laughs> okay. So let me let me ask you the question again. Which 1980s song features lyrics about the major feast of Karamu? Is it Happy Birthday by Stevie Wonder? Want to be starting something by Michael Jackson? All Night Long? But that was Michael Casey Keeson. Um, All Night Long by Lionel Richie or How Long by Lady Black Mombazo? Okay. I'm probably going to get this wrong and I apologize for those who bet on me. We all bet on you. I know. That's why I apologize. I apologize to the entire panel. I'm so sorry if I get this wrong. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go off of pure instinct, and because I'm pronouncing this right in my head, I think it's "All Night Long" by Lionel Richie. Because I'm pretty sure he says "Party Fiesta Karamu Forever." <gasps> Or is it Karabu? I don't know. But I'm going to go with All Night Long. Now, you, you do know that in Wanna Be Starting Something, they, he, there is a whole chant in Swahili, right? That's not real words. It's been debunked. Mama say Mama Sama Makusa is not a real okay. phrase. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure we were okay with that. And Pete, so why, you, don't help out. Like, what's so, your, so your final answer is All Night Long by, by Lionel Richie. I, yes, I'm going to go with that. I, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Well, that's correct. You got it right. Oh, shit. Is that hey. <laughs> wow, look I at this. Karabu, not Karamu. Okay, Woo, whatever. So that means that um, Joe bet 400 points, so he is now at 1,100 points. Um, Emma, she bet 180, so uh, she is at, and she had 480 originally. So she is at 660. I'm really having fun doing this math. Um, yeah, I was really hoping not to have to do that. Uh, Stuart is kind of whopping 40 points. Thank God I could do that one easily. Uh, Veronica, Veronica doubled her points, so she is now at 120 because she bet 60 points. So I'm beating Stuart, right? Yes, you're still beating Stuart considerably. Yeah, Elizabeth, yeah, Elizabeth, losing immediately. Elizabeth, I mean, now, now Elizabeth has definitely walked away from everybody else. She is at 1540 because she bet all of her points. Damn. So, we really, this, so Joe, you're really going to have to bet all your points in order at this, at this point to just keep, stay in this. Um, everybody else is kind of screwed. Okay, so we've got two more questions. Kwanzaa in Swahili means the first food of the harvest, creativity, family history, or the collective works of the people or tribe. So why don't we go to Veronica first? Veronica, what do you think the answer is going to be? Um, I'm going to bet it all that Chris will know this. So you're betting all of your 120. 120, yes. He will know it. Okay. So let's let's ask um, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, what do you think? Um, like a hundred that he knows it. A hundred? Wow! <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate it. No, I, I'm not even mad at all. I appreciate that. Less pressure. It's called playing smart. You're really, really large it. on this one, Emma. What are you thinking? On one hand, I got to bet big in order to catch up to Joe and Elizabeth. On the other hand, there's a whole more. There's a whole other question after this. 
Uh, so for now, I'm going to say 260 that he does know it. Okay, so 260 that he does know it. Stuart, what do you feel on Well, here's the thing. Uh-oh, is it I feel like he probably does know the answer. But if I'm going to catch Veronica, I'm going to bet <laughs> 10 that he doesn't. Okay, so 10 that he doesn't know it. Okay, that's an interesting bet. So, um, okay, and then we're going to Joe. Joe, where, where are you on this? You got you got uh, 1,100, sorry, yeah, um, 1,110 points, right? So, um, how did I said? get 10, how did I get 10 points added onto that? 1,110. Oh, oh, no, no, it's 11, you know, got 1,100 points, sorry. I have 1,100 points. 1,100 points. Uh, I'm going to say 1,000 points, he knows it. 1,000 points, yes, okay. Okay, so so that's really going to put put a young Chris in a bind here. So, Chris, shit. it's the moment of truth. Should I read the question again? Uh, yeah, please. The question again is Kwanzaa. Hey, can you read it louder? We can't, you're a okay. little distant. Kwanzaa in Swahili means first fruit of the harvest, <laughs> creativity, family history, or the collective works of the people or tribe? Um, um, Come on, Chris. Think of I, all what those white teachers taught you. Think of, what, think of what Miss Karen told you. I gotta, I gotta apologize to Miss Regalado right now. I'm so sorry. I should have known this. <laughs> well, take a good guess. Uh, I, you know what? I I'm gonna say first fruit. The first fruit of the harvest. That's your correct. That's your answer. That's my. That's my is that my correct answer? Because well, I don't know. Just say. I answer, hope so. Uh, yeah, because I know that you're supposed to give gifts of food. So I'm going with first fruit. Okay, so that's your answer. And Chris, I'm sorry to tell you, you are actually right again. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know how this is going. Yeah. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, no, I'm really wherever you are. Oh, I've, I've now walked away from my seat by accident. Yeah, I was just, Peter's doing the show. He's like, wand, he's like wandering around the house. He's like in the kitchen right now. How does Stuart get to me? Okay, well, that's, uh, that's a big move for Joe. Joe just got up to 2,100 points uh, with that. Oh, shit. Emma just got up to eight, um, 820. 820 for Emma. Um, Stuart. Well, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, 920. I'm sorry. You're right. I, I didn't count it right. Okay, so 920. Uh, Stuart, you went down to 30 points because you went no. In a strategic move, it was a good move. Veronica, you just doubled your points. You're at 240 right now. Woohoo! And Elizabeth. You just added 100 points to your total, so you're now at 1640, but Joe just took the lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so this is the final question, the final question. And so um, this is going to be for all the marbles, so I, I, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of big bets on this one. So, Chris, here is your final question. What is the first principle of Kwanzaa? Is it family, unity, 
strength or compassion. Okay, so why don't we go with Joe first for this one? Joe. Oh, why do I got to go first? Because I'm I'm leading. I need to know what everyone else is betting. Shit. Ugh. We're gonna go in order of of, uh, of winners and losers right now. So. Oh man, um... yeah, man, you're already winning. You don't need an extra advantage. Well, no, because I gotta go by the math in my head of if Elizabeth bets at all. Um... Uh, so okay, I'm gonna take. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, fifteen hundred points that he knows. Fifteen hundred points that he knows it. Okay, so that means we're going over to Elizabeth. Elizabeth, what are you thinking here? You're you're currently just behind Joe. I mean, I might as well just bet it all here at the end. Uh, and I will bet it that he uh, does know it. We're going with 50, we're all sixteen hundred and forty points mm-hmm. on on him knowing it. Yep. And I think I still lose either way. So, well, um, or second I'm place. I'm not even bothering doing the math at this point. So, yeah, it's, so fine. it's very. I mean, we got, we can actually do our own math. I have yeah, not. My, my math is not very good. Let's just let's just say that. So, Emma, you are currently in third place. What do you think? Uh, there is a no, I can't win. Uh, there's no situation where I win. But I believe in Chris, no matter how much he's shaking his head right now. And, um, screw it. I'm going all in. So 660, I'm sorry, sorry, 920. 920 Mm -hmm. that he is going to know the the right answer. Okay, so we're going over to Veronica now. Veronica, you've got 240 points. How much you want to bet? You know, I always like to play it safe, so I'm going to bet 10 that he does know it. No! <laughs> 10 that he does know it. So that oh, takes us to, uh, to our, our water boy at the end. So, so, well, so I can't be Veronica now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Oh, water boy! <laughs> I can't be Veronica now, but I can be Elizabeth and Emma. So I'm going to bet 10 that he knows it. Okay, so so that's all our betting. So we're going to Chris now. Chris, this is a big moment. This this is going to decide. Well, it's pretty much not going to decide the winner, but it, it might decide who the losers are. So, right. um, so uh, uh, actually, no, it still could decide the winner because there's a couple of people that could win in theory. If uh, well, well, I'm not even going to bother. So, so Chris, here's the here's the question again. Let, let's let's see. I, I I really have no idea what math anymore. What is the first principle of Kwanzaa? Is it family, unity, strength, or compassion? Uh, well, I only know one principle, and it's emoja, and that means unity, I believe. So that's the only answer that I have, and that's what I'm going with, is unity, emoja. Now, if I told you that there were several more principles, mm-hmm. would that change your opinion? It wouldn't because I still only know Emoja. <laughs> and that's the only one I've ever remember. And I think Harambe, okay. but I think it's like a chant. So so then you're saying unity. Well, yeah. Chris, you've swept it today. You got everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
Congratulations. So uh, I'm not even going to do the math. Joe won. <laughs> Joe, Joe won. Good job, Joe. First is the worst, Joe. Second is the best. Third's been at the treasure chest. Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. the best or last? Put the camera on me. I got to throw Veronica my mic. Came in, came in fourth, and of course, Stuart, you came in fifth. Oh, I'm sorry you didn't beat me, Stuart. <laughs> Peter, put the camera on me. I gotta drop my mic. You wanna drop the mic? I know more of the principles of quantum than you do. Come on. I will throw this mic at you, Emma. Don't come for me. It's like in your mouth now. Yeah, I still know Ujima and Kaju Chagulia. And I don't know exactly what she does mean, but I know all the English ones too. So suck it. Whatever. And just to let people know that are listening to the podcast, Chris did in fact drop his mic. I did. <laughs> I did the shit out of it. Yeah. Oh, oh, hey. <laughs> Your mic's throwing at me. <laughs> well, this was fun. <laughs> so that is our show for tonight and our first virtual reality TMI Daily show. Yeah. So we will see you back here on TMI Daily next Tuesday. December 22nd with our final two-hour TMI Daily of the year. Until then, stay safe. Bye, everyone. Yeah. Bye. 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 Hey, what was that pup?